Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities. And as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. This morning, we start a new series. Discipleship, the dominant strategy. That is the series we start today. You often hear that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. Yeah, that is who we are as a movement. So discipleship is something that is important to us, something that is a must-have for every person in Worship Harvest. Some of the things I'm going to say you've heard, you've heard them taught many times but I am very well aware that the only thing you know is the thing you you are doing and doing well that's the only thing you can claim to know and so this morning we are going to just go through the scriptures together and look at the vision for discipleship why is it important for us to make disciples when I was leaving campus just before I left campus I I came to the hub then. That's where Apostle Moses' office was. And um, I came to see him. I had all my plans. Uh, when I was young, I used to have all these 10-year plans what, of my life. Now, now I have a hundred. <laughs> now what do you have? <laughs> so I used to have those 10-year plans. So one time I came to him to church. To, he invited me to his office. I went to his office. I put down a plan for him. This is what I want to do with my life, etc. Um, he told me many things, but you know one of the things he gave me? Let me first tell you what he gave me, then I tell you what he told me. At that time, on campus, notes like 20K notes were scarce. Yeah, scarce. Yeah. So I remember he gave me 20,000 shillings, and he said, Papa Bleso, this is you. No, he didn't call me Papa Bleso then. Yeah, but now I'll say Papa So this is your transport to take you back to Chambogo University where I was. I was excited. I was so excited I just walked back to Chambogo and I saved the money. <laughs> I said, this one, not transport, no please. We will walk. <laughs> this one will spend for a certain period of time. Anyway, he, he, <laughs> he told me that Ivan, the greatest thing you'll ever do with your life is to make disciples. That's a statement he told me. I'm on campus. I have all these plans. I want to graduate, do, do different things, start different companies. I had this plan to build a real estate company over that constructs how many units. Say, yeah, what? And I wanted to do a master's in structural engineering. And I wanted over to do many, many interesting things that I had written down. I wanted to make at least a million dollars by the time I was 27. And I had a plan on how I was going to make the million dollars. And after listening to everything, he told me, Ivan, oh, Papa Blesso, the most important thing you'll ever do with your life is to make disciples. Because when you go to heaven, I'm not going to ask you for your degree. Though it is important, I'm not saying it's not important, but they won't ask you for it in heaven. I won't ask you for your masters. 
They're not going to ask you for your, the master's banang, they're not going to ask you for your, <laughs> for your PhD. They're not going to ask you for how many businesses you started. They're not going to ask you about your marriage. Yeah. Because in heaven you probably, not probably, you won't recognize your spouse. Yeah, because the glory of, of God will be so bright, you won't have time to think about this one, the other, nothing. Yeah, Jesus will be your focus then. They won't ask you about all these things that we spend our lives pursuing. They'll ask you for souls. Yeah, where are the souls that you have carried with you to heaven? And when I left that room that day, I left resolved to give my life, to give my gifts, still to make the money I'll make it, to use the money, to use everything that I have within me to make disciples of the Lord Jesus. And as you'll find out in the scripture we are going to read in Matthew chapter 28, you realize that discipleship is the most important thing you'll ever do with your life. The Bible says of Jesus in Matthew 28 from verse 18, our text today will be verse 8, Matthew 28, 18 to 20 that says, and we read together, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Come back to verse 18. So Jesus is giving his parting shots to the disciples. According to, Matthew, these are, according to Matthew's account of the gospel, these are some of the last words of Jesus to his disciples. People who have had the opportunity to, to be at the bedside of people who are passing on and they, they, they pass on certain words, specific words to them. Know that the words that that person tells you at that moment are very, very critical. Yeah, they are very, very critical. They, they, they matter. They have thought about everything that they could tell you and they chose one important thing to tell you. And when Jesus thought about everything that he had done with his disciples, the dead people he had raised, the walking on water that had happened, the, 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 the different people he had healed, the different things that he did with them, he thought it wise to give them these words as his parting shots. That is how important they are to Jesus. The Bible says, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, he said, all authority has been given to me. All authority. What is the Greek word for all is all. Yeah, that's the Greek word for all. Actually, the Hebrew word for all, when you research it, you'll find that even the Hebrew word for all is all. Okay, not entirely, but <laughs> it means all. All authority. What does that leave with the devil? How much authority does the devil have? Pardon? Nothing, right? Yeah, the devil doesn't have authority. The Bible is telling us all authority. All authority has been given to me. This is Jesus speaking. He has been given to me. The question is, why is he telling us 
that this authority has been given to him. Of what importance is it to us? It is because when, the, when all the authority has been given to Jesus, it inevitably means all the authority has been given to you and I. Yeah. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that he will take, Jesus told his disciples that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will take of mine and he will declare it to you. He's declaring it to you because it is yours. It is yours. When people write wills and they are declaring it to their children, it, it is not just for them to know that this is what my father had or this is what my parent had. No. It is for them to understand that the thing I am giving you, the thing that is being declared to you is yours. And so the scripture says that all authority, not some authority, but all authority, has been given to me. It has been given to Jesus. And because it has been given to Jesus, it has been deposited on the inside of all the believers. Because we are the body of Christ, right? Pardon? Yeah. We are the body of Christ. So all authority has been given to us. Now think about this authority thing. I asked myself, I thought to myself that often, when things are not going well in certain places, we look to the people in authority. When we drive on certain kinds of roads in a certain country that starts with a letter of the alphabet that I won't mention, hmm? and you find holes, hmm? potholes, there's a certain road somewhere that I drove on sometime. Yeah, you have, yeah. regardless of where you turn, you cannot drive in the middle of the road. When you go to the extreme end, there are ditches. Like, yeah, so you're tired. Either way, you have no option. You will have to drive through that thing. So usually when we find such problems in our country, who, who, who do we complain to? Who do we talk about? Pardon? <laughs> Government. TGE. Those of us who understand English, we are asking for the government to help us. <laughs> asking the government because we complain to the one who has authority, because we expect solutions to come from the person with authority, isn't it? When we find our hospitals in a certain state, we complain to the people in authority. If you're in a school, or a university and you find that your dormitory or your hall of residence looks a certain way, you complain to the person in authority in that place. When you go to a home and things are not working well, you complain to the man because you expect the solution to come from the person with what? With authority. But do you know that our complaining is misplaced? Yeah, because did they say the authority has been given to the government of Uganda? Pardon? Did they say the authority has been given to the vice chancellor of your university? Or to, the, to your employer? To your boss at work? The Bible says all authority has been given to me, that is to Jesus, and therefore to you. Because whoever is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. And so you and I, for every problem we see in the world, the person we should look at and say, why do you have potholes is you. 
Yeah, and me. Okay. Okay, you and I. <laughs> and people are like, are you excluding yourself? Okay, I've included myself. We are responsible for the state of the world today. You and I are responsible for the state of the world today. Because we have the authority. And I like that Jesus clarifies here. Because he knew that at a certain time T, there would be some believers who might think this authority we are talking about is simply spiritual authority. Yeah, over principalities, powers, what, those invisible things. But Jesus clarifies that authority has been given to me where? In heaven and on? And on earth. In heaven and on earth. So all authority has been given to us in heaven and on earth. But it's the first thing we need to establish as we talk about discipleship. You're probably asking the question, how does discipleship come into the picture of authority? You're about to find out. It says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Friends, you and I are responsible for the state of the people, the systems, the government, the leadership, the health, the education, everything you see around us that is not working well. Because we carry all authority, not some authority, but all authority, we are responsible to provide the solution to everything that is in our world today. It says in verse First read for me, Isaiah. First give me Isaiah 9 6. Isaiah 9 6. What does it say? For unto us a child is born. Uh-huh. Unto us is given, a son is given. And the government will be upon what? The government will be upon his shoulder. They are talking about Jesus here. Yeah, it, it is a prophecy about Christ. But you realize they say that the government will be upon his shoulder. The authority to govern. Because Christ is the head of the body, right? Christ is the head of the body. And so when they say that the government will be upon his shoulder, they are, what are they saying? That the body, the, 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 the responsibility to govern the world is here on the shoulder. The body of Christ, which is the church which is you and I. We, my dear, <laughs> we are the government of heaven here on earth. We are responsible for enforcing heaven's agenda here on this planet. You are responsible for, for enforcing heaven's agenda in your home, in your business, in your school, in your village. You and I are responsible for that. The government will be upon his what? His shoulder. Let me back to Matthew. People are understanding. Mm. A very wise man said that where purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. If you don't know the purpose of something, then you're likely going to abuse it. You're going to misuse it. If you gave your gadget to a person who was born in the 1600s, your phone and you give it to them huh? what do you think they would use it for you shudder <laughs> they'll probably use it as a hunting tool oh yeah 
You see, any, nah, let me not go that direction. <laughs> I was about to say that some phones are really good hunting tools. Yeah. That's what they would use it for, as a hunting tool. Yeah. They would put certain strings to it. Eh? <laughs> and when they throw it at an animal, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. They probably use it. What else would they use it for? Pardon? As a mirror. Huh. <laughs> they probably use it as a mirror. They, they, like in there, yes. They, they would use it as a measuring tool for their goods to perform butter trade or something like that. Oh, oh yeah, look. <laughs> They don't know the purpose of the phone, so they will just misuse the thing. But I also find that in our generation, many people as well don't know the purpose of a phone. I will move on swiftly. <laughs> Somewhere at a conference where someone called it a device, not a phone. It's not only used to make phone calls and receive other things. You can do a lot with your phone. But where purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. And so what is the purpose of this authority? Why did Jesus give us all authority in heaven and on earth? Was it for us to just go around and mesmerize the nations and call upon fire from heaven to come and consume people? The primary purpose of Christ's authority is given in verse 19. And we are going to read verse 19 again together. One, two, three, let's go. He says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Go therefore for this purpose, for this reason, go. Because you have the authority, go and make disciples. Because you have the authority, go and make disciples. If I come and I give you a hundred million shillings, say I believe you. <laughs> you, you want us to try it out? I try it out on you. Okay. <laughs> What's your account number? Ah, let me walk. Uh-huh. How many of those are five steps? <laughs> I don't know how many of those are. Those are seven steps. <laughs> anyway, I'm trying to mimic something Bishop Doug said that a prophet came and just walked on the stage. How, how many steps are those? Four steps. How many steps are those? Seven steps. How many steps are those? Nine steps. How many steps are those? Two steps. Isn't that your pin number? <laughs> Now some of you are looking at me and saying, look, even me now, I desire those things. Yeah. I used to look at them and I'm like, ah, something is weird here. But no, please, it's not weird. Yeah, those people are not weird. It's just the anointing. You can see things that people don't see. So it's possible for you to walk in that thing. Why was I talking about a pin? Your account number. If, if I gave you a hundred million shillings right now and I told you, look, Mali, I have given you a hundred million Uganda shillings. I receive it. Amen. Even me, I receive it. 
I've given you a hundred million Uganda shillings. I need you to go and buy land. Hmm? In Busunju. Busunju is Natasha's village. In Busunju. I need you to go buy land in Busunju. And then you get the money. And you receive it with excitement. And you say, I have received the money. You even sign for it. Yeah, to prove that you got it. And then you, and then you go and first keep it at home. Yeah. First keep 100 million at home for some time. Then you deposit some of it on your account. And while you're scrolling through some things, you find that there is a really one... The purpose of the, of the money is for you to buy land, right? For you to purchase land. But then you find that there is a very wonderful car. Hmm? Which one? Hmm? AMG Mercedes. Which one? Aren't you people giving me wonderful cars? Wonderful cars differ for everyone. Which one? Brabus. Can you get a brabus at 100 million? <laughs> okay, let's increase the money. How much? How much is a brabus in UGX? 200 million. Ah, five, okay, we'll work with 500 million. Yeah, 500 million shillings. Then you go, what is the name of the car again? A brabus. Not for me, but anyway, I won't tell you the ideal car in my head. Because it's not yet here in Uganda. But uh, <laughs> for real, by the way, it's not. Or maybe I've never seen it. A Tesla. I've never seen a Tesla here. So a Brabus. 500 million. Then you look at it and you say, this would be a wonderful car for Papa Bleso. If he drove into Makerere with it, people would suddenly get born again by just looking at the car. <laughs> yeah, and then you go and buy the Brabus, 500 million UGX, and you come back excited. You say, Papa, so you won't believe it. Yeah. You know what happened with the 500 million shillings you gave me? I'm like, what? Did you buy like a square mile of land or something? It's like, no, 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 please. I bought you a wonderful car. It is a Brabus. What do you think is going to happen to Mali at that point? Hmm? What do you think is going to happen to Mali? The person I gave money to buy for me land has brought back land in the form of a Brabus, a car. What do you think is going to happen to her? If I wasn't born again, eh? <laughs> uh, no, get behind me, Satan. No, please, yeah. I would clap them. Do you know clapping? <laughs> yeah, I would clap them like this. Eh? Their mind would go like that. Because they have misused the money. They bought a good car because it is good to drive a good car. Yeah, but they did not do the thing for which I gave them. The, they misused the money. Do you think I'll trust them with more money next time? No. The purpose of Christ's authority is 
to make disciples. Anything else that you use Christ's authority for is the primary purpose of his authority is to make disciples. If you're using his authority for, for any other thing, including asking for genes, land, houses, what, all those things, for a visa, for tuition. Uh, yes, it is good, but it is not the primary. Look, he did not say go therefore and get tuition. He did not say go therefore and have a big, grandiose wedding. The purpose of his authority is not just for your wedding or wedding you will have, for sure. But that is not the primary purpose of his authority. According to this scripture, the primary purpose of God's authority is for you and I to make disciples. Because discipleship is the primary way for heaven to invade earth. It is the primary way through which God transfers his heavenly culture. It is the primary way for God to transfer the heavenly experience into our earthly realm. It is through discipleship. Apostle Moses used an example one time that imagine you had a, a, a jar of ink, blue ink, okay? And you had a very large piece of white paper somewhere. And you needed to transfer the ink from the jar to the paper and get the paper to be blue. Let's say the ink is blue. And get all of the paper to become blue. Discipleship would be the strategy. It would be the way, the only way we have been given to move that ink from the jar and fill it onto the whole white paper until it becomes blue. That is what discipleship is. We get the heavenly experience and bring it into our earthly realm through discipleship. It is the primary way of transferring Christ's authority. Apostle Mose again told us sometime that the more disciples you have, the more authority you will have in a certain place. The more of Christ's authority you will dispense in a place. Recently I was walking in Makere, I was doing a prayer walk in Makere. And Makere has more than 40,000 students. I walked for about an hour and a half or two, just last week. But I only found like three or four people who knew me. Who belongs to the church that I lead, Worship Harvest Makere? And it occurred to me that, bless you. <laughs> right now, you don't have this university at all, at all, at all. At all. Yeah, because, look, okay, 200 out of 40, 000, more than 40,000 students. Look, you don't have authority to do certain things, at least in the earthly realm yet. Because you don't have enough disciples to turn that university with the direction you want to turn it to. Yeah. And I was asking myself, what would it look like if, and I know it will happen one day, if we had three out of five of every student in the university belonging to Worship Harvest Makere? Yeah. What would it look like three out of five? That is close to what? 60%. Of the students in that university belong, and we called for an evangelism drive in the university, what would happen? 
And we said we are going to pray. And we said this morning we are all praying at 5 a.m. And on every floor in every hall, literally two, three rooms, you find there are people praying at 5 a.m. What would that look like? Again, Apostle Moses likened this thing to, he said that disciples in, that disciples in the kingdom is likened to money in the world. The more money you have, huh, the more things you can purchase. You cannot go to the supermarket huh, and you have, you have one million UGX and then you get in there and then you, you, you see things that you want to purchase of about, let me say, five million sh- Uganda shillings. And you're excited, you load all those things in your trolley and you go to check out with your one million in your pocket. Your wallet determines, how, the, the amount of money in your wallet de- de- determines how many things you're going to be able to shop from the supermarket. Yeah, you cannot shop based on someone else's wallet. They don't say, I, I've seen things worth 10 million shillings and I think on my neighbor's card I can pay using 10, I can pay this money using my neighbor's card. No, you don't do that. You, you shop based on the amount of money you have. The authority of the kingdom that you're able to manifest is directly proportional to the number of disciples you have. Yeah, it is directly proportional to the number of disciples you have. If you have two disciples, that is as far as you can go with dispensing Christ's authority. If you have a hundred disciples, that is as far as you can go with dispensing Christ's authority. And Christ is relying on you and I to take his authority, to bring his kingdom, his rule, his dominion into our society, into our environment. And he tells us the strategy is making disciples. He says, because I have given you the authority, go and make disciples. I told you that we carry the authority. The reason our country is the way it is is because we have not yet made enough disciples of Jesus. True disciples of Jesus to send into different places. That is why our country is the way it is. That is why your business is the way it is. Yeah, because we don't have as many disciples. Can you give me that meme? Yeah. The more disciples you have, the more authority of the kingdom you're able to manifest. The less disciples you have, the less authority you have. Apostle Moses one time told us a story of Bishop David Oyedepo who planted 10,000 churches in which year was it? 2020, I think. In 2020. And he was saying that when God wanted to plant 10,000 churches, eh? he did not come. Did he come to you? Has God ever come to you and said, my daughter, I see that I've given you all the authority. Yeah. Yeah. In heaven and on earth. Now can you plant for me 10,000 churches? Did he come to your prayer room? But in 2020, you are praying, right? Yeah. You are fasting even. Some people are fasting dry. Dry. But God just passed. Yeah. Just passed by them. He came to Makerere and he looked around. 
and he said not yet yeah. he went to gayaza <laughs> and looked around and said i have my daughter pastor b3 one day she will plant 10000 churches but not today yeah <laughs> i go slow <laughs> Someone doesn't want me to reach their place. Okay, I will go through. I will go through what? Beogerere. From Gayaza, he went all. The, no, he passed by Chira. Said, "I have my son. He plays the electric guitar so well. In fact, they call him Bish, Bishop, John Bish, to be exact. But John Bish does not have." the capacity to plant the churches i want so wish but he plays so well no please even demons go no please <laughs> he does not have the capacity then he went to boyo gerere ah he said pass via downtown yeah and then finally ended up in bukolobi <laughs> he passed by Nakawa from Bugere to Nakawa before you reach Bugolobi fire on the mountain people are trying to avoid the lord's visitation to them to ask them the question via the bypass i won't say he passed by Nalia but <laughs> all i want to say is that in Makerere yeah he he just flew he didn't even <laughs> <laughs> said i see you <laughs> please be praying i see you my son <laughs> one day one day he flew over all of uganda went to kenya went to tanzania he ended up in nigeria to bishop david oyedepo's closet held him now man of god <laughs> Oh my son I I need you to plant 10000 churches for me this year. You know I never told you you don't have the disciples to do it yet. You will have them but you don't have them yet. But it's why God cannot speak to you about certain things. Hmm. You see God speaks to apostle about planting 3000 churches. Oh yeah. Because he has more than 25000 disciples <laughs> Yeah so the more disciples you have the more authority you have to dispense for the kingdom take me back to the scripture time is my friend and my relative says so go therefore and make make disciples disciples are made they are not microwaved Oh yeah, disciples are made. There is a process. Njogeraleti. There is a process to making disciples. I guess that is why many people want to avoid it. There is a process to making disciples. Yeah, you don't just wake up one day and alas, you have 20 people in your mission or community. 20 active disciples. but you call for evangelism and they show up passionately but when they call for a prayer meeting for your mc you have 20 people my dear no 
they are made. There is a process. Made in China. Your phone is made in China. It, it didn't just appear. Poof, the phone is here. No, there is a process. There are some guys who are mining certain things from some countries, transporting them many miles to China, refining them. What? Yeah, industries process before that phone finally appears in your hand. Disciples are made. Jesus knew that it takes a process. He spent three years to make Jesus the son of God. The one who is seated at the right hand of the father. Three years to make three like this. So for you, you've been with your missional community for for two weeks. And you're chasing them off the group. Removed. Removed. one when I send my messages they don't respond meanwhile they joined last week they don't even know what your culture is removed (laughs) disciples are made it involves patience you have to wait three years and Peter after three years he took the rest of the guys said no let us go fishing please this one, yeah, he told us all these interesting things. Then after they crucified him. Now we don't know where he is. Let us go back. After all, we know where fish is. It is in the sea. So let us go back to what we know. Yeah. Three years. But time. Who created time? Yeah. Disciples are not, they are men. They are men. The thing I need you to note about disciples here is that when you read the Greek for the word disciple there, it is a pupil. Pupil, pupil. I mean the one in primary school. I don't mean the one in the eye. So I don't know what the exact pronunciation is, but you get the point. Yeah. Pupil. <laughs> Some people are like pupil. Pupo. <laughs> yeah, but a, a, a primary school child, lower primary. But it's like, that's what they mean by a disciple. A disciple is a person who has a childlike heart. They are not childish, but they have a childlike heart. They are ready and eager to learn, they are excited about learning. They are open to learn things. Many of us, the reason I swear we are not yet functioning as disciples well is that we are too full of ourselves. Yeah. The kingdom belongs. Jesus gets, his, gets a child and places a child before his disciples and tells him the kingdom belongs to such as these. The children, a childlike heart. Because discipleship, as you'll find out later on, is teaching. Yeah. It is teaching. And usually the, the people who, who are taught easiest are the children. Their hearts are open. They are excited to learn. They don't know it all. They are dependent on their teacher. Whatever their teacher says is. Yeah. It's the truth. It's that whatever their teacher says, that's, they are open. They are ready to be led. Those are disciples. 
Are you seeing your missional community? Rather, are you seeing your life? <laughs> Let me not talk about the people you lead. Let me talk about you and I. Are you seeing your life? Are you seeing your heart? Yeah. Are you like that child who is excited to go to school? When they tell you it is time for missional community, you're excited. In fact, you go playing the song, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of when they say it is garage time. You run, pee pee, literally you drive through the, the road like pee pee, guys. It's time, we need to go to church. Are you childlike at heart? Pastor Angela has been telling us about a scripture in Psalm 51. A prayer she has been making, creating me a clean heart. Oh God. And renew a steadfast spirit within me. You know, some of us, this is the prayer you need to start praying for your heart. That your heart will become childlike again. Yeah. For you to become an effective disciple. And you know you cannot disciple people if you are not being discipled. You must be like a childlike person, ready to receive, excited to receive, not so full of yourself, eager, full of joy, like a, you are childlike at heart. So when the scripture says, go make disciples, that is what he's talking about. Get all the people you have in your MC and teach them to be like that, to be childlike. Make disciples of all the nations. Does not say in all the nations. Now the difference between the two is that if he had said disciples in all the nations, then, yeah, right now our job would be done. Because I believe there is a disciple of Christ in every nation on this planet. Yeah. If that was the case, then our job would be done. But that's not the case. His vision is to get whole nations learning from Christ. That is the vision. That is the scope. Prepare me the discipleship math, please. Just have it ready. That is the scope of our discipleship. That is what he wants us to do, to get people groups, to get a whole nation. If, you, if, if A nation here doesn't mean boundaries per se. Like all these countries, we have no. People groups to get someone's full household and say all these people are now disciples of Jesus. It's to go to your village and to get all of your clan and say all of my clan are now disciples of Jesus. They are students. They are learners. They are pupils of Christ. They are learning from Jesus. That is the vision. That is the scope. It's not just enough for us, for you to have your 30-member mission or community. That is a good start. But don't be comfortable. Don't settle. We have nations to take. That is why we are still planting churches. That is why we are still asking you to start mission or communities. Because there are still nations to take. Give me that discipleship math. You're probably asking yourself, how, how can I take a nation? Years, converts, disciples. Years, whatever is three, three years, as you can see, three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen, eighteen, twenty-one, etc. So we are comparing two options. We are comparing a person who is very good at evangelism, and they win one hundred souls every day for Jesus. Every day, 
Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, when? No rest. A hundred souls. Yeah. You will be there. I pray for you. Even me, I want to be there. (laughs) A hundred souls. Every day for Jesus. It's a good thing to win souls, please. Don't say I'm I'm saying it's not a good thing, but the impact you'll have if you're just making a hundred souls Three years, if, if you're winning 100 souls every day, for three years you'll have 109,500 disciples, r- rather converts. Yeah. As you can see, by the time you make 30 years, you'll have 1 million, shortly over 1 million converts. Let's look at one who is making disciples. The thing I'm trying to convince us, every one of us to do. Because inevitably when you make disciples, actually you'll have more converts. Because you have many disciples, you'll have more converts. And I'll explain to you. So imagine you had 10 disciples, okay? And you discipled 10 of them. You walked with them. 10 people for three years. 10 people for three years. The same people. You don't change anything. You have 10 people for exactly three years. And out of the 10, you successfully make five disciples. My mean successful of the ten, only five are able to reproduce themselves. Are we together? You must understand this part because then it will determine the rest of the other thing that is on the screen. So you have five, you have a 50% success rate. How many of you think you can, right now, where you are? Huh? How many of you think you can win a hundred souls to Jesus every day? Right now, where you are? Yeah. And usually past performance can tell us. I asked you at the beginning to ask your neighbor how many souls they've won to Jesus. I was preparing you for this moment. (laughs) Yeah. You see, no one has gone up. How many of you think you can find 10 people, just 10 people, and you disciple them for three years? Put up your hand. If you think it is doable for you, where you are? I'm shocked that some of your hands are not up. What a shock indeed. Okay. And you stay with five. At the end of 30 years, you'll have over 9.7 million disciples. And that to me sounds almost like a nation. If you have those number of disciples, look, you'll have ideally more converts than the one who has decided to win converts for 30 years like that. You'll You'll have more people getting saved. Apostle Mose. All these people, who are, we read 809 salvations here. Do you know that it is because of this ministry that the 809 salvations are being won every week? He's not here, but now he's even beating a person who makes 100 salvations every day in a week. Because he took the route of disciples. Discipleship. This is how you make disciples of all the nations. You get your 10 people. You don't need to quit your job. You don't need, I don't know to do what, you don't need a degree or master's in theology for you to make 10 disciples. Yeah. And yet, this has more impact, greater impact than one who is doing converts. Give me the next verse. Make disciples of all the nations. Teaching them, this is how you make disciples. Can you read with me that first thing? Teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. Teaching them, teaching them. 
The purpose of teaching in a discipling environment is obedience. Remember I told you that a disciple is a pupil. So you make disciples by teaching. By teaching. Teaching them the word. Teaching them. Asking them what deal they are using. Hey, you they don't ask you those things in your environment. Me, where I am. Fire. Fire. One time they asked and I sent an image of my deal. And it had very little left. I told me, yeah, replenish. I said, but it still has something. She said, did I ask you whether it still has anything? She, she, I won't tell you who, but she. (laughs) I had to look for the deal at night. I had to go look for shops. What way? Because the instruction had come. Wait, that one is done. You, you say it is still there. No, it is done. (laughs) Teaching them to observe all things, not some things. That I have commanded you, not that I have suggested to you. These are not suggestions. Commandments. Things that must be executed with urgency. Teaching them to observe. I like apostles' examples, so I'll copy another one that he used. One time he was telling us about this teaching them to obey. Observe their means to obey. It's like, imagine you had a child, okay, and you told them to go and lay their bed, okay? Go and lay their bed. You say, when I come back in the evening, I need to find your bed laid. Then you go to work. Then you come back, and they come excited welcoming you back from work. Daddy! Mommy, we'll come back from work. What? You hug them. You're excited. What? You're like, now, Dad, let me tell you. In the morning, you gave me an instruction to lay my bed. Daddy, I went online. I logged into chat GPT. And I, and I typed the question, how to lay the bed. And then they gave me the different theories as to why it is important to lay beds. They gave me the different styles of laying the bed. They gave me the different colors of of beddings you can use. They showed me whatever it is. The man did a comprehensive research. In fact, it was a mixed study design that he used, qualitative and quantitative. That is what he used. Even got questionnaires and asked some people about laying the bed. And he wrote a very good paper about laying the bed. Yeah. And then he brings the paper to you. But when you enter his room, yeah, the bed is not laid at all, at all. But the research is comprehensive. He has a whole research paper. Where has the time gone? He has a whole research paper. Friends, that is not what discipleship is in the church. Discipleship is we tell you lay the bed, you go, you lay the bed. Go and pray an hour every day, you go pray an hour every day. Every day. (laughs) Go buy the deal, you go buy the deal. Go marry the girl this year. You go, you marry the girl this year. You don't come explaining the theories of a wedding, the types of weddings, and, and then you don't marry the girl. 
Give first fruit. You give the first fruit. Then you start understanding what it is after. After you have given it. Teaching them to obey all things I have commanded you. And the thing that excited me as I conclude is, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This scripture, the the guarantee of his manifested presence is with the people who are making disciples. Because it is in that context that he says, Law, after you, as you do all these things, I promise I am with you. Because I, I tell you, discipleship is not an easy journey. Yeah, you need Jesus to make disciples. Yeah, I can tell you, the people who, who disciple me, even me, I know myself that I have been a complicated person. Yeah, that's, I know they are anointed by God because, yeah, to disciple me to get me here. Hey, yeah, it takes God. Miracles. Now some of you are looking at me, you're like, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm what? Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, but you need the presence of God. So friends, this morning, wherever you're watching us from, I want to encourage you and let you know that the greatest thing you'll ever do with your life is to make disciples. And you're part of a church where that is what we encourage everyone to do. That's why we have missional communities. That is why we send people to plant churches. That is why we do all these things, MC moments, is to get you to obey the command from Christ. One of his final commands to make disciples is to get you to have the authority of God, the authority of heaven manifested in your earthly realm. Amen. I invite you to stand up as we conclude this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for this morning. Just lift up your voice and thank God for his grace. Thank God for his instruction to make disciples. Lord, we thank you. Pray to him. Ask him to give you grace to obey this commandment. Ask him to give you grace to make many, many disciples in your lifetime. But you will not leave this planet empty. You will not leave this planet without making disciples. Just lift up your voice wherever you are in whichever language you know how to use. And just pray in the spirit if you can. Lift up your voice and say, Jesus, I am here. I have heard your commandment. Lord, teach me. My heart is open. Help me become like a child to obey every commandment you have told me. To listen to my disciples. To make disciples. To start a missional community. To go and plant a church if that's what you need me to do. To make disciples at my workplace. To make disciples in my family. To make disciples wherever I am. Just lift up your voice right now. You have a few seconds to do that. Come on, lift up your voice. I need to hear you praying in the room. Lift up your voice and pray. Like I told you, it is God who works in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Lord, thank you. Thank you that the entrance of your word brings light, gives light, and and brings light and gives understanding to the simple. So Lord, we receive understanding. May you give us a heart to make disciples like you have given the apostle over this movement. But it will be our waking thought. It will be our most dominant thought, O Lord, every moment of our lives. But we'll use our gifts. We'll use every opportunity. We'll use everything that we have within us to make disciples of the Lord Jesus. Lord, and that when we return to you one day, we'll return with very many souls. We'll walk into heaven with lines and lines of nations, of people who said yes to you because we chose to make disciples. We chose to obey and understand that the greatest strategy, that the best way 
to make disciples. The best way to advance your kingdom is to make disciples, Lord. Even as we pray this morning, the first journey, the very first step on the journey of discipleship is for you to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, for you to receive him in your heart. If you're in this place and I know you're here and you have never given your life to Jesus and you're saying, Papa, so I'd like to give my life to Jesus today. I want to walk that journey of discipleship. I want to receive the love of God. For in this place, I'm going to ask you to put up your hand and leave it up until I see it. Until I see it. While the rest of us continue praying, just put up your hand. You're here and you would like to give your life to Jesus. While the rest of us are praying, you are here this morning. You'd like to give your life to Jesus. Please put up your hand. You're not yet born again. You've never confessed Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. Please put up your hand. My eyes are looking round to see. The rest of us just continue praying in the Spirit. Is there anyone here this morning? Is there anyone here this morning? Don't let the enemy lie to you. I'm willing to wait on you for a few seconds, for a few minutes. Thank you so much, my sister. I can see two people, please. Thank you so much. Bring them here to the front. The people standing next to them, please bring them to the front. Is there any other person? Please put up your hand. Can we celebrate these sisters who are coming to receive Jesus? I know there are many more people. Please come. Come to the front and receive Jesus today. Come to the front and receive Jesus. Put up your hand wherever you are. Thank you so much for choosing to give your life to Jesus today. Thank you so much. While the rest of us are celebrating because these people are crossing over from darkness to light. Is there any other person? Are you there? Are you there? Please come. Come to the throne of grace. Come to Jesus. Don't let this moment pass by you. Come to Jesus. Even at the hosting centers, I know, even at the locations, there are people walking to the front right now. There is a pastor waiting to receive you. Please come to Jesus. Don't let this moment pass by you. Are you here? You have never given your life to Jesus and you'd like to receive Christ today. Please put up your hand and we pray with you this morning. I am waiting. I'm giving you just a few more seconds because we are out of time. But this is important. This is important. Is there any other person? Look, we are not ashamed of the gospel. We are willing to wait for you if you are there. Can you do for me evangelism with your neighbor? Check with your neighbor. Ask them if they have received Jesus. Everyone, please do the work of an evangelist right now. Yeah, some people may look like they have and yet they have never. Ask them if they are afraid to come to the front so you can walk with them. Have you checked with your neighbor? Is your neighbor saved? Are they sure of their eternity? Do they have eternal life? Have they received the love of God? I'm still waiting at the, in the gallery. Have you checked with your neighbor? Are they all born again? All right. If there is no one else this morning, I'd like you to put your hands together and let's celebrate these two sisters who have come to Jesus this morning. Come on, clap your hands. Clap your hands. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. For these souls, my sisters, you've made the best decision of your life so far and the best decision you'll ever make for the rest of your lives by receiving Jesus this morning and even the people that are joining us online. 
I know many of you have received Christ. You've made the best decision. I'd like you to say these words after me because the Bible says when you believe, you believe in your heart the Lord Jesus and you confess with your mouth for you to be saved, for you to receive salvation. And so I would like, I would like us to say these words together with them. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I receive your love in my heart. Lord, I give my life to you. I declare that you are the Lord of my life. Lord, thank you that you have washed away all my sins. And you have received me as a son into your kingdom. Today I declare that I'm born again. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And do something significant with my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. My sisters, you're born again. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Um, I... If you are online and you have received Christ, I would like you to contact us on the number 0775-642-449. 0775-642-449. So we can walk with you and pray with you and plug you into family so we can walk this journey together. Uh, my sisters, thank you for receiving Jesus. There's the lady over there. Her name is Pastor Kathy. She's going to take your number and so we can plug you into the family of Christ. Can you appreciate our sisters this morning? Amen. Is that how you clap for people that have received Jesus? One more thing before we go. If you're sick in any part of your body, I would like, to, I would like you to put your hand wherever the pain is, wherever the disease is, wherever the ailment is. Or some of you may not be the one who is sick, but you're standing in for someone. You can do it for someone you know who is not well. I am going to pray this morning. Holy Spirit, thank you for those that are putting the hands in those places. Right now, I send your word to heal each and every disease. I declare that from today, whatever pain, whatever infirmity, whatever sickness, whatever malfunctioning of the body that they have had in the bones, in the cells, in the heart, Someone you've had a heart issue, blood pressure. In the name of Jesus, I command the sickness to end today, to stop today. Therefore, I cast you out of the bodies of the children of God and all your work in their bodies. I command it to end right now and I declare healing. I declare miracles. I declare freedom in the bodies of your children because their bodies are temples of the Holy Ghost not temples of disease and so I cast out every disease out of their bodies in the name of Jesus we thank you Lord because we know it is done in Jesus name we pray amen amen it is done you are going to be healed and when you do please testify and share the glory of God thank you so much for coming out today and may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forever. Amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is... 0393-281-555 We're taking territory